Ever dreamt of quitting your job and traveling the world? Like most people, we did too, and even tried it out. We're sharing our journey with a podcast and a blog. Welcome to Live Let Rome, a travel podcast. I'm Christy. And this is Eric. Join us on our travel adventures as we look to educate and inspire you to travel more and get the most out of each travel experience. Welcome to episode 22 of Live Let Rome. We are in the capital city of the Czech Republic, Prague. Yes, welcome back to Prague. The first time I was in Prague was 1999. It was my second time to Europe. It was in the middle of February. All I remember is being frozen cold, going to clubs, and eating bad pork and dumplings. So it was a good trip, I guess, but I was kind of a little hesitant actually to go back. This is a different situation. We're in summer, and let's go over it. This was another city that was not on our list when we initially planned. I think we didn't initially plan to go to Greece because I had been to Greece, and this was one of the other cities because you had been there. But good things happened. We both went to Greece, and now we both went to Prague. Yeah. Where are we? We mentioned in the previous episode where the Czech Republic was, in Central Europe. Prague is located in the center of the western half of the country. And the population of Prague is just a little over 1.3 million residents, which is comparable to the U.S. city of Dallas, Texas. Yeehaw! Here's a few quick facts. Since 1993, the Czech Republic consumes the most beer per capita in the world, with Prague leading the world as the top beer-consuming city. Founded in 880 as a seat of power for Bohemian kings, Prague Castle is the largest castle complex in the world. Even today, it is still used as the official seat of the President of the Czech Republic. The narrowest street in Prague is just 50 centimeters, or just under 20 inches wide. It's so narrow, it has its own traffic light to prevent close encounters. And Prague has a rich and diverse history, putting it in the center point of lots of different historic times. From the medieval ages, when it became the seat of the imperial capital of the Holy Roman Empire, to being part of the Austro-Hungary Empire in the late 19th century. How to get around. Getting around in Prague is a breeze thanks to its many public transportation options. We arrived by bus from Bruno and it was one of the quickest and most cost-effective ways to jump between major cities in Central Europe. They have a variety of trams that circle the city and you can use it like a hop-on, hop-off tour. Now where we stayed and for how long? We stayed in Prague just 10 minutes out from the historic center off a major metro station for 11 days, 10 nights. We didn't stay in the metro station. We had a place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Our cost was around $49 a night, and we were there at the end of July, the beginning of August. We were within walking distance of some local restaurants, a mall, some parks, even a beer garden, and some grocery stores like Liddell. It was super easy to get to our home base. 
to kick off our standout moments for Prague. Now, Eric mentioned that he was in Prague, but I feel like at this time it was like visiting it for the first time, don't you think? Yes, I didn't see it when I was in 99. Mid-February, we basically just went to the club and back to the apartment and maybe threw up on the way home. But uh... <laughs> You saw it through beer goggles, and beer yeah. goggles is a whole different experience yeah, in your it was 20s. Yeah, it was a totally different experience. And this time with the weather, this is where the weather really played an advantage here. We were able to really explore and see the beauty of Prague, which is a wonderful city. It definitely changed from 10 years post-communism till now it's capitalistic. It's ready, open for business. And I would say kicking off my first standout moment is just exploring the city. The one thing that I kept hearing from you in terms about Prague was how difficult it was to navigate. Every time we've been to other cities, it's like, oh, you think this is hard? Just wait till you see Prague and all these streets are going this way and that way. And I'm like, I got this. Don't worry. And I admit it, it was a little, you know, labyrinthy. Something that I really enjoy in cities is in terms of these historic European cities is you feel that storybook element to it when you're walking around. Yes. And the architecture, again, like uh, Bruno, like we were just at, had amazing architecture. The last time I did not go to the top of the hill, and we did on this, we'll talk about it, but a bird's eye view down on Prague Castle in the city was just really remarkable. Yeah, and when you're exploring the cities, first you're going to head to the downtown, and one of the main things to see is the historic atomic clock. And that is really a pretty amazing experience. It's super detailed. There's a whole history to it, why it was built, why is it constructed, and how it's one of the unique things. There's a lot of info about that. But when you're just looking around... There's the gardens by the castle, historic buildings. There's really cool sculptures everywhere. But for me, my standout on some of these walks was the gardens. We traveled into one of these gardens. I think you were taking me. You were like, oh, I want you to come see this place. And then we end up stumbling upon this area. And we get to this whole expanse because it helps that it's in July, August. So everything is green and sunny and pretty. And there are these white peacocks around a koi pond and I'm like oh this is magical that's what I like just walking around that you can have these opportunities to have these step back in these quiet moments but at the same time you're passing a cool looking building that looks like almost melted wax over skeletal faces or I mean this is how I see it but I think some people it's just very interesting a lot of these different buildings and structures and architectures around there. Yeah, Prague does have these classic must-see areas. One is the Atomical Clock. One is the Charles Bridge, Mm -hmm. which has these old statues from like the 1200s. It's a beautiful bridge. You have to see these. And the bridge had all the artists there, too, and the musicians. That was cool, too. You know, sketching. So there's a great people-watching opportunity there. I advise, and that's where we spent, when I was first there, spent most of the time around those typical historical areas. Mm -hmm. But... This time, I mean, we just really did get off the beaten path and wander into different places. By having the must-sees, don't be afraid to go off the beaten path in the city because you'll you'll stumble on some cool stuff. And I've mentioned this in a couple episodes. Part of where I find things is I like to look on Google Maps and I look for green spaces because for me, that's one of my things I love to see. I like to immerse myself in a green space and to unwind and soak it in. And one of those spaces that we thought were amazing was Petron Hill. 
So you can take a funicular to a large park and you get some cable cars up there and there are beautiful gardens and vistas of the city where you're looking down. And up there, there's a whole bunch of other things you can do like a mirror maze and an observation deck. We did not go into those things. They were a little too... uh, We just wanted to walk around at this Mm -hmm. point. It was hot. I didn't want to get trapped in a line. But, you know, if we had more time, even though we were there for two weeks, we probably would have did that. What's great about the hill is you take this funicular up and it goes pretty high up. And that's always an experience. You get out, you walk around, see what's in the main area. With this particular hill, you take your time just strolling and walking down the hill. So we took, I don't know, two and a half, three hours to make our way down to where the streetcars are. And that was the experience. It was just stopping along the way, sitting in parks, resting, getting ice cream, just enjoying ourselves meandering for three hours down this hill. That's what I said. If you work the public transport in these cable cars, they can connect to this funicular and you can treat like a hop on, hop off. And like I say, it's easier to take transportation up and walk down. So it gives you a little bit of extra time. And another thing that we saw, Eric, why don't you talk about that you discovered on our explorations? We like to go to Atlas Obscuria for a number of things, and they usually have 10, 15, 20 things you can see. One we looked up was the TV tower in Prague. Now, it's, I'm going to try to pronounce it Zikovskov TV Tower. I'm sure I totally Z-I-Z-K-O-V. Ziskov. Ziskov TV Tower. You got to say it like a Bond villain. Come on. Yeah, Ziskov. There we go. That's better. <laughs> I'll rewind and I'll redo it. But it's really hard to describe. So this massive TV tower is around over 700 feet tall, but it has these baby sculptures crawling on it. It's hard to describe. Ten large babies, black faceless babies crawling up this TV tower. It's really kind of creepy, kind of weird, different, unique, and you just can't stop looking at it. And It's very pop art. When I say when you're looking at these babies, think of like a silhouette or Keith Haring. It has that pop art kind of feel because the TV tower itself is a little bit rounded and sharp up there. So it kind of gives you a little bit of those feel of the lines between the silhouette play and the line play. Yeah, yeah. It's just it was one of the most unique sculptures in this last six months. It was just so different. It was modern. And this TV tower by itself is kind of ugly. Like it doesn't look that great. But the babies make it pop and make it really a sight to see. So if you're there in Prague, go see the TV tower. Check it out. We're gonna we have some pictures on our Instagram at Live Let Rome. You can check it out. Yeah, it's not in the historic center. You kind of walk around the surrounding outsides. But what the point is to say is that there's a lot of things to discover outside the center, although the center itself is stunning. Now, another thing that I discovered in the center, which I always, I've mentioned art so many times on these podcasts, and I mentioned that I love Art Nouveau and that historical illustrative art. And another one of my favorite artists is Alphonse Mucha. And I wasn't aware, and I guess maybe I just didn't connect the aspect that he was from the Czech Republic in Prague. But what I found out was that there were major collections in Prague, and I was overjoyed that we stumbled upon this family exhibit of his posters and these posters are about five feet tall and some of his sculptures and when you think of that classical illustrative art with the flowers in her hair 
and fairies and the romantic and the outline places. This is this artist that we're thinking of. And most people probably know his work, but don't necessarily know his name. Definitely recommend seeing his stuff. It was in heaven for me. We got to see a lot of famous pieces that I was familiar with, and I was just overjoyed. I was like in near tears. Yeah, I'll just comment on how collections are done in Europe compared to the United States. It seems like the whole is a museum. It's a takeover, like it's floors of information material. It goes over the history. There's documents, there's sketches, there's paintings, there's movies. They just do such a great job in Europe on doing these collections. Where in the U.S. it seems like they'll have like an exhibit and it might be a small wing of the museum. No, this is the entire building. It took over. So we spent a good few hours there and it was just really informative, interesting. I didn't know anything about his work, but walking out of there, I cannot not see it. You know, when you see it in popular magazines or on other art, you can totally see the influence from Yuka and other work. And part of what is happening that I've seen more in that I follow a little bit is with the art world, it's been more focused on the immersive art experience. And that actually has been happening here in the States with the Van Gogh immersion and all those exhibits. Now, when we were there, I think they were just off from like a week of starting an immersive MUCA exhibit. It wasn't open at that time. I think I've seen the change of the display of art where you have the classical things that we're remembering here to the more modern aspects where they balance some of the different mediums between seeing the actual image to a couple videos to a couple immersions to kind of really set you into those mood in those spaces. So, so moving on, there were some great options in terms of our local area. We mentioned we stayed about 10 minutes outside and that's something that I'll have Eric talk about. Yeah. So last time I mentioned the food wasn't that great when I was in Prague 99, it was the typical pork and dumplings just nasty. And the service was horrible. I remember the service in 99. We went to several restaurants because even back then I loved to go out to eat and check out different things. And I just remember the service and the food just, you couldn't even eat it. It was that bad. But my God, has the food gotten so good in Prague now. They have these local pubs called Pivo Vars, basically beer bars, beer gardens. They have just like five or six things on the menu, really tasty. The beer is just delicious. And maybe as we were in more of a local area too, might have made it. Mm-hmm. But the food was really, really good. Beer so is everywhere, and beer is cheaper honest, than water. <laughs> it really is. I have a picture I'll post too. It literally is like a euro less than your water. Basically, I drink a lot of beer. It was really nice. Some of the food that we had, we had these pork shanks with bacon and green peppercorn, and brandy sauce. We had these smoked ribs served with spicy mustard and homemade pickles. It was very um, tasty, but a little bit heavy, heavy. for summer. Yeah, it was heavy. I mean, they had salads, which I didn't partake in, but it was heavy beer drinking food, right? So you go there, you expect to eat one nice meal a day, and then the rest you go to the local grocery store and have a roll for breakfast, some coffee. and So you eat one meal a day, but it was like a real rich meal. It was really good. Speaking of beer, now in terms of beer, I did not partake in the beer, but there was an option for me. Water was more expensive than beer, but was my option if you didn't drink beer or if you're a child prepping for the beer <laughs> garden, I guess. So the option is Kofala. Now, Kofala was created as an alternative to Coca-Cola and Pepsi during the Cold War years. And it's a dark carbonated colored beverage and it has very herbaceous kind of notes. It looks like Coca-Cola. 
and kind of like a stout beer, but it tastes a little bit unique on its own. It's even served in a frosty mug, just like your beer's got a little foam on top. And it quickly became a favorite of mine because I really do like unique drinks. When I travel, I love foreign sodas. But this one was a favorite. It was not too sweet and it quenches your thirst in that hot summer. And I was happy that we were here locally in Detroit that we found a version of Tasty Things right around the block from us. Yeah. Similar to this. Yeah, Kofala, think of it as like a Coca-Cola root beer. Very good. Very tasty. I liked it too. You know, I wanted a break from from beer for once because there's no alcohol in Kofala. But it was very, very good. And it was also cheaper than water. When I say this, it's like... The beer was like two euro. Two euro. Coffalo was like three, and water was like five. So when I say <laughs> like we survived on these other things, not that we can't afford the five dollar water, but I was like, oh, let me just try this interesting thing, and then I was addicted. So yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it's very tasty and very unique. And now you had a little bit of taste of home, didn't you? Yeah. So I use Bands in Town app to search when I arrive in a city to see if there's any music that I'm interested in checking out. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's like, oh, there's a cool show and I just missed it. Or we're leaving the next day. But in this case, I lucked out. Favorite band called the Afghan Wigs were in town. And I got to see them in some old broken down building in the middle of the city. It was under construction. It was really weird. Very intimate, small show. It was like 20 euros or something. Went in, had a great time. They were playing new material. They talked a lot about how they used to tour Prague back 20, 30 years ago, which was interesting hearing those stories. Sounded great. Had some good beer. It was a little taste of home while traveling abroad, which is a great thing to do. It really makes you feel back. I'm glad you got to experience that. I was not there. I'm more of a cool and a gang gal. (laughs) Which I like too. Which I know you like. So, but it's okay. We can have separate moments and still be good. Yeah. It was a good memory and I recommend it. When your band's in town, you can search, you can do cities and radiuses and see what's available. And it's just a good way to plan a night out. So I had a good time. Like how we approach these standout moments, I feel like at this point, we've been traveling for a while that we approach it more like how we would approach a place that we live at. And it's not about I have to click off the top things on my list, which we did do. But we just ended up discovering some of these unique things that made us feel a little bit more at home. All right, ready for some Q&A. Eric, what's the most interesting thing you've learned while in or about Prague? Right. So I was in Prague 30 years ago, and so much has changed, but some has stayed the same. I enjoy Prague. I have better feelings about it than I did 30 years ago. I think it has changed for the better. When I was there way back when, it was 10 years post-communism, and it was a little rough around the edges and a little bit more exotic off the grid. Prague is definitely on the grid. Its main drag is the grid. So I definitely like Prague. I'd recommend it. My big tip or what I learned is don't you don't need to stay in the old center. Actually, I recommend staying about 10, 20 minutes outside. Lower cost, you get more of a local feel with the beer gardens and feeling of what it's like to live like a local. And the subway systems are really efficient. You can just zip in, get out, and do it. So that's my big tip is stay in Prague, stay outside of the city center and have a better experience. Okay. And what I learned most about Prague was that you haven't really know how to navigate a city for over 30 years. (laughs) And it's just not a new thing. So that's, I'm just kidding, but not that uh, it's been a long time that you've been slightly confused by directions. And I had the reins in Prague and I think I did pretty darn well 
navigating Prague on my two little feet, well, you gotta, no driving machine here. You, you got to understand, I got lost. It's a funny story. I was talking to the buddy that I traveled with 30 years ago, Prague, and, and he remembered. He's like, oh, yeah, you got horribly lost. And you turn us around. And it was like 20 degrees below zero, too. It was freezing in February. My big excuse is there was no Google Maps back then. I had nothing. I was just going off pure instinct. Okay, so what's the excuse now that Google Maps exists? I'm still going off pure so instinct. What I did learn is that your pure instinct doesn't have a sense of direction. So besides that, I learned I really did love Kofala, and that's probably my other thing. I know it sounds like a weird and like kishy, but I really like that little drink. Yeah, Prague gets a two thumbs up. Great city, must see city in Europe. Definitely go check it out. You'll have a great time. Lots to see. Okay, next question. Would you plan to return? And if yes, what else would you like to do and or see? Well, so I've already been twice. So there's other cities that I would like to check out, even in Czech Republic. So I wouldn't immediately return because I have been there twice. I think I would return because once, every time I asked you the last time, I said, did you see this? You were like, nope, nope, I didn't see this. So I think part of That's our little learning moment is that you can be somewhere and still learn things. And what I really liked about Prague, that it was a great option to go in the peak of a summer to have a wonderful, big European experience for a really affordable value. And I think that's one of the most valuable things that we learned on that opportunity is it can get expensive in June, July, August in Central Europe. So you kind of have to hopscotch to certain destinations to make it still affordable and doable. And Prague was one of those destinations. Yeah, no, it worked out for us in our plans, and it was great. Wrapping it up, what have we learned today? Head to a city you visited a while before with a new person, maybe even your husband. (laughs) And then you can unlock lots of new adventures and see how much the city has grown. Beer is cheaper than water, but if you don't partake in alcoholic beverages, try Kofala. Check out Czech-born artist Alphonse Mucha. If you love classic illustration advertisements and ornate line work, you'll love him. Spend a day and truly explore the city on foot or on tram. The city is extraordinarily beautiful and has so much to offer. Next city and country, Bratislava, Slovakia. Remember, our goal is to educate and inspire you to take your next adventure near or far. So, so what, what are, are you waiting, waiting for? Thank you for tuning in to Live, Let, Rome. Visit our website for more to see and read at liveletrome.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Simply search Live Let Rome. Our podcast is free wherever you listen. Be sure to subscribe. To support Live Let Rome, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Feel free to drop us an email at liveletrome at gmail.com and include your show questions, recommendations, or to share your travel adventures. So until next time, get out and roam.